You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keen Jones. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the For All Nerd Show. The Voice of the Urban Geek, the podcast where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And as always, it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Dr. Stephen Slang, the Sorcerer's Supreme clientele, Black Black Goliath, Yolo Baggins, Lando Californication, the Ghost in the Shell Toe, Dr. Whose Mans is This, Master Splinter Cell, Trinidad Bang, keep that same energy on when you see me out here in these streets. Here on the spaceship tonight, and as always, I am joined by Tatiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Baptist Maribah, Princess Preach, Jay Prince of All Saiyans, Beretta Scott King, Lord of Lightsabers, Chance the Parappa, Rita Orochi Maru, and Lambo Calrissian. No matter how many times I hear Beretta Scott King, that would just death me, boy. That's just... <laughs> I like your new one. The the last one you said. Um, uh, what was the last one? Say that. Again. Uh, not keep that same energy on. No. That's an old one. Uh, you just said it. <laughs> Master Splinter Cell? No. I'll, I'll come back to it later. Yeah, we'll figure it out oh, later. Boy. You know how we go. Always new AKAs. Always new hotness here on the For All Nerds show. Always bring you that heat on all those different platforms. Make sure you're subscribed out there on iTunes, on YouTube, on Spotify. Uh, not Still not on Tidal. Still have not gotten on the Tidal yet. But, you know, we're working on it. But make sure you hit subscribe, leave a rating, a comment, five stars, all that good stuff. Tell us how you feel about the show. We're coming to the end of the year, and we need your love. You know, you can always leave a new comment, especially on iTunes. means the world to us. If you hit us with that five-star rating and that comment, it does so much. So thank you for all the support. As always, make sure you hit us up at patreon.com slash for all nerds if you would like to help the mission, the movement, the lifestyle, you know, all that good stuff. Please hit us up, patreon.com slash for all nerds. Um, hope everyone's having a great week out there. Hope you checked out last week's episode. It's been on fire in fuego in these internet streets. We had the one and only HU Zone, Rockefeller, Extraordinaire, Demand a legend. Young Guru was in the house. And yeah, whoa. Yeah, I he mean, did a, an amazing lecture because yeah. that was yeah. a lecture. And he blew my mind. He blew a lot of people's minds. And there were a lot of comments to the effect of that they felt them their mind expanding as they were listening. And wow. we were sitting in the room and I was having an out-of-body experience. So to say the least, he, Guru, is a guru. He, he taught us a lot. He taught me personally a lot about mm-hmm. what I think I knew or know about Star Wars and just really further complicated things for me, but in a good way, because I, I as we do on this show, we want to analyze the things we're consuming and really like 
even for entertainment value, just really analyze like even the characters, the writing, anything about entertainment that that fulfills you. You don't just want to necessarily take it for face value all the time. Sometimes there's other things going on there. And, and it's good to just at least be aware of nothing else. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always something going on there. Like we talk about on the show, if you're if you think that something doesn't have politics in it, that alone is a political stance. You know, that alone is a privileged stance to be able to make entertainment or media that doesn't, you know, address the politics of today or yesterday or the future or whatever you have you like that alone is a stance right there. So everything in one way or another is political. And like you said, it's really good to examine these things a little bit deeper. And me personally, like I consider myself to be a huge Star Wars fan. And a lot of times when I'm talking to Guru and other people, I realize how much of it I don't know about. Like I know about the base level very well. But when you get into the deep lore of everything, some of that stuff I'm not that, you know, up on. And so it's always great to hear someone educate, even someone like me who thinks he knows a lot about Star Wars. Yeah. You get to hear a whole different perspective and learn so much more about it. Yeah. Like just the idea of being a sci-fi, but also particularly Star Wars scholar is pretty amazing. And Mm. I I just think it was just a great lesson and just further illustrates what we do on this show and why you guys are listening. I hope you guys are listening. Uh, yes, having fun. Yes, being ratchet and being funny, but also learning. So I, mm-hmm. it was an incredible experience. It was an incredible episode. And if you haven't listened to it yet, put you need to go listen to it ASAP. ASAP. Make, ASAP. make that something you do during the holidays or if mm-hmm. you have some time off because you're going to be like, you know what? This man might be right. Or you might be like, he's terribly wrong and this is why. Yeah, because there's a couple things I still disagree with him about. The fact that Yoda is trash, though, I do not disagree with him. The fact that I agree, the Jedi, trash. yeah, the the Jedi councils in general are pretty trash. I agree, and like a lot of people were hitting me like, "Oh man, the Guru ruined your childhood." And I'm like, "Nah, man, I still love Star Wars just as much as I did before that episode." It's just that I already knew a lot of this stuff. One, like I knew, like Anakin makes a like we said on the episode, Anakin makes a point of this in the prequels, trying to show how. You know, this rigidness, this whole idea of everything has to be like this isn't quite right. And then that was one of my favorite things. I had to pause because it hurts. Because I was actually uh, re-watching and re-listening to the episode today. And <laughs> I said it on the episode that I was hoping that the Rise of Skywalker would not do... You know, it wouldn't walk back that Ooh. much of The Last Jedi. <laughs> Well, I'm going to let you hold that because... Yeah, I was wrong. Much like Anakin said, something's not quite right here. And this is not going to go the way that you think. The wise of Skywalker was not quite right many different ways. Uh, We're going to get into the details about it, but let me just give you just my overall assessment. Okay, so do we need a spoiler warning here or are we just going to... Spoiler warning! Yeah, F it. We can put put reverb and all that stuff in here. This is spoiler warning. We're going in, y'all. We are going in. Probably for the next 10 minutes or so. So if you haven't seen the last, excuse me, The Rise of Skywalker yet, you might want to skip through. Okay. Might want to. All right. So enough of a warning. Here we go. Here's my overall take. And again, we'll go into it. But here's my overall take of The Rise of Skywalker. I saw it at a press screening with Ben Amin early in the week prior to the actual release. And then I saw it again this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And The Rise of Skywalker is mid as fuck. (laughs) <laughs> as fuck so it's not low grade not high grade just straight mid uh if you want to give it uh on a scale of a one to ten i give it six and a half seven 
Um, that's pretty high. Not really, because six and a half. If we're talking about sixty percent, that's that's less Jeez. than a, that's less than. Well, that's almost a D, depending on where you go to school. That's an F, uh, but, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sixty uh, is an F. Seventy, seventy is a C. So anyway, um, it's wow. It's, damn, they they changed man. Yeah, um, you get straight D's for seventies. <laughs> Cold world, boy. Cold world. Continuing on. It's yep. it's about two hours and twenty two minutes of okay, girl. I guess. Uh, I <laughs> here's the thing. I didn't hate it because I think there were definitely redeeming qualities and concepts that mm-hmm. could be improved and built upon. I also didn't love it because it felt pointless mostly, and mm. completely disrespected many of the characters. And similar to what you've said on you, Ben, I mean, have said on Twitter. It completely disrespected many characters and was a res- and really was an overall response. Uh, to the toxic side of the Star Wars fandom. And mm-hmm. because of that, it, it it sucked in many ways. Wow. So again, like I said, I have more to say about in detail, but I just wanted to give my overall assessment. Okay, let's see. For my overall assessment, uh, I would say it's about a C. Yeah, about a C, C plus, C minus. Like, it's Star Wars. So right away it has that, you know, up for me. You know, as soon as you start making the sounds, John Williams' score starts kicking in, somebody lights up a lightsaber, I'm hyped. You know, it doesn't take much to get me going when it's Star Wars. But um, this is the most disappointed I've been since The Phantom Menace, is, is what I'll say. Yeah. Like, I was I was trying to do a thread the other day about that because y'all don't understand how it was. Like, I don't know how many, you know, people are old enough when like the Phantom Menace came out. There'd been no Star Wars for years, right? Right. And then suddenly we're getting a new movie. Right. And the trailer, you can go look that joint up on YouTube. It is still so fire. Like if I go watch it right now, even having seen the movie and knowing how much I disliked so much of it, if I go watch the trailer, the hairs on my neck are still gonna stand up. That trailer is incredible. You still get the way hyped. it's edited. Yeah, it's so sick. Oh my god, that trailer is so fire. Mm-hmm. Like so we like videotaped the trailer and we sat there watching it over and over again. You know, Cash was fiending. And then we walk into the movie, and at the very beginning of the movie, the Jedi's do this real quick, like they run down the hallway really quickly, and they use their lightsabers to cut through this door. And I'm like, yo, you see that shit? You know? <laughs> and then Jar Jar Bean shows up, and it's just like, it turns into one of the, you know, we all know. We all know how it goes from right. there, you know? The, I mean, the right. Trade Federation's talking racism. It's just... Right. So you're saying dude did not experience any of that hair-raising excitement with no. Rise of Skywalker. No, I will. I will. Um, Did not. No, I, 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 I thought the first time that Ray and Kylo fought in the White Room when they're fighting psychic, uh, psychically, right, but right. with Jed with the lightsabers, right. I thought that was right. ill. But we'll get into with, that. I just wanted to see just yeah. overall, like overall, yeah. yeah like I say, see it. Yeah, it, it, it just it did. It, it wasted so much time walking back so much of the mm. last Jedi, and that was my problem. Yeah, that's that's my overall problem. Yes, but, you know, let's get into the weeds, as they say, of it. Let's, you know, let's, the mids. let's get in the, the mid because when it was over, Ben, I mean, I just looked at each other like that was it. Yeah, that's what we've been waiting for. And you saw it twice, so I really want to yeah. hear you because I, I want to know because I I'm <sighs> gonna see it again, but since you've already seen it twice, yeah. I want to hear what you've thought more. You know, because there was, yeah, I I know there are parts where I need to see again. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I'm going to, I'm going to go on the good first, right? Or, okay. or or the things that I said that could potentially be improved or built upon or whatever. Mm-hmm. The fact that there was still 
at least from a tiny sense, there was still a move away from what we know about uh, what, what is already in stone about what we know about the force, what we know about yep. Jedi powers, what we know mm-hmm. about their capabilities. Yeah. What di- agree or disagree? They continue to expand upon new concepts. Yes. And if you play any of the games, if you've read any of the books, like there's even in hell, if you've even watched The Mandalorian, there are new concepts that have been are being introduced in terms of the application of the force and who can use it and what you can use it for and how you can use it. So mm-hmm. there's a continuation of that happening in the Rise of Skywalker. I think that's good. To me, that that continues on the path of what The Last Jedi was doing, which was basically throwing myth and lore that you know out essentially throwing it out uh in the trash and telling you let's build upon something new let's 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 work for a new story uh, a new concepts cool with me um i thought the fighting the 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 the, as you mentioned the interactions between ray and kylo i still like that a lot i liked it Mm -hmm. from jump when they first established that they had this psycho the force connection between each other yeah. I, I thought that that was cool, lovely, amazing, great. Uh, like that they introduced some more people of color into it. Shouts to Jana. Mm-hmm. Love that you got to see Lando. Finally, it took a thousand years to get him in the movie. There was no reason why he shouldn't have been here in the beginning, but here we are. But here we are. Um, and of course, they introduced new droids, new characters, and the costuming. That's one thing I had said to you, Ben, I mean. The costuming is pretty immaculate for me when it comes to uh, Star Wars and particularly in Rise of Skywalker. And I pay attention to vast details like that. So, or, or excuse me, minute details like that, like how things are draped over people, what colors they wear, what that signifies for that character and why. You have personally pointed out how with Finn, he was wearing what looked like to be uh, uh, or reminiscent of Han Solo's pants and the fact that he mm-hmm. was wearing Poe's old jacket but it was cut into like a vest or a whatever vest. yeah that's like Han Solo and, and it matters like little little details and uh decisions like that do matter in the overall sense of the character if you decide to go that deep that's awesome mm-hmm. and like I said I really like the introduction of new characters my new fave come forever and ever is now Babu Frick you can't tell me nothing like no Babu Frick slander ever on my watch. I love that little alien. It's amazing. Okay. That's it. Generally. Yeah. All right. Uh, for the good, I'll say the same. I like the fighting. I thought, like I said before, I thought that especially the first one, the water fight later when they're on that uh, water moon, eh, Take it or leave it. I felt like it was kind of done by long. that point. It was kind of long. Yeah, that's the thing. And they really don't have a reason to be fighting. That was that's that's the thing. That's my she was problem. fighting out of frustration. This was a mm-hmm. this was a like there wasn't a reason, but it was just sheer frustration of why are you always following me? Why are we connected? Why can I not get away from you? Yes, and I understand that. But my issue with it was like once again going back to the fact that they walked back a lot of things. Like yes. at the end of the Last Jedi, Ray slams the door on. Kylo, and because of that, for at least figuratively, figuratively, I thought that was the end of it. You know, I thought, okay, no more connection between the two of them. That's it. We're done. They're on opposite sides. Da, 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 da. And then this movie immediately opens with them having the same connection again. And that was kind of weak to me. And then, but the stuff that I did like also comes from Last Jedi. Like the fact that when they were doing all that new stuff with the Force, like, you know, switching lightsabers across universes. 
when he cut that bag of beans or whatever it was <laughs> and the beans spilled <laughs> out of berries. the room. Yo, I thought that was so ill. That was that ill. Was, that, that was so that ill, was, but that comes from Last Jedi because all that was established in Last Jedi, like when the rain was happening and then Kylo got wet. He was yeah. standing there watching her and then suddenly he's yeah. wet. Like all that was I already from that. there. I love yeah. that. Fire. That's all fire. Adam Driver. Amazing. Um, I mean, pretty much all the main actors, you know, are they got it. You right. know, Boyega down the line, they all deliver even when they're not. When they get nothing to do, they're still yeah. delivering. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, like Boyega and the rest of them, I think, and and, and I'll talk about Adam Driver separately, but I mm-hmm. think Boyega and them delivered on the classic kind of quirky Star Wars, like we're in a space adventure type of yes, yeah. energy. Like yes. it's like a little corny, but a little not, but a little. I really do believe in love. Like that's all cool and well, but that's also been established throughout years of Star Wars mm-hmm. movies. So I didn't have any problem with that. As far as Adam Driver, like, I've said this on Twitter, and I'll say it again here. Anyone who hates on Adam Driver hates themselves. because, And not Adam <laughs> Driver particularly, but Kylo Ren. How can yes. you, like, Kylo Ren is one of the most entertaining, hilarious characters to ever grace the Star Wars screen. Mm-hmm. How could you not, like, just, there was a scene where General Hux uh, was saying, like, they were talking about how, oh, they found the rebels, not the, the rebels, but they found who they was looking for, and, you know, should we just destroy the planet? <laughs> and Kylo puts up his hand <laughs> as if to say, <laughs> I will beat your ass, but he doesn't say anything. And I was dying rolling because that energy, that I don't give a fuck energy he was giving, from the way he indiscriminately just uses the force on his underlings and has them like again like the way he threw the guy up on the ceiling when they were in the their war room and they were just discussing things like he don't give a fuck and Mm -hmm. i i and to me that's what it is like if you're gonna be on the dark side and want and a wannabe darth vader go all out even if you you become emo ren because of it so fucking what like he to me he's true to what his character is supposed to embody yeah, and that's more even that's the side of him that I love. Some people I've seen say that he's trying to he doesn't have much depth to him or whatever. He has so but much th- depth and he's so fucked up. Yeah, and I think it's the more emo rent of him that I love because he's not Darth Vader. He's such a failure at being that. Yes. And that's what eventually leads to him being redeemed is the fact that he's not like he can't do that. You know, he's not this evil dude. There's only one Darth Vader. He's just some dude playing a Darth Vader cosplay, basically. And I like that he finally has to own up to it. And Adam does such a great job selling that. There's a shot people put on Twitter already. I, you know, I guess they got the bootleg or whatever, where they show him mm-hmm. in two scenes running. One where he's running as Tylo and one he's running as uh, whatever. Uh, ben? Well, I guess it's Tylo. Yeah, Ben Solo. Kylo Ren versus Ben Solo. And it's the same plan at the same spot. And, he, you know, it's Ben Solo. He's just this earnest... Dude, you know, it's Tyler when he's trying to be the menacing, you know, cosplaying as Vader, you know, I'm walking, you know, and it's like, oh, come on, Brad, that ain't you. Yeah. But then, like, he does that jump later on as Ben Solo hits his chest and, he and says, it's like, ow. <laughs> yeah. All that I just love, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. It's not even that it's corny to me, it's that they're earnest. You know, it's like Star Wars has this earnestness about it, you know, this hopefulness. And all that stuff I love, that's always there. And, I thought the film did a pretty good job with that. Yeah, and and I will add that to my list of good about the characterizations and and mm-hmm. particularly stand out for for Kylo Ren. And at the end of the day, 
this the way that they go about it star wars is science fantasy it's it's it has elements of science fiction in it but i don't consider it full science fiction i consider it science fantasy and what's within the fantasy realm you get a lot of that that type of troping so i'm fine yes yeah and there's certain stuff that when we get into the bad and the questions that it's like okay how far are are you done with the good though Uh, I like I I, I like uh, Babu Babu Frick Babu Frick yeah I like Babu Frick he was hilarious that joined Black Black (laughs) yeah I I I I really didn't care I thought the new droid and his you know being tortured in the past was cool but it served no purpose it it, yeah it didn't serve any purpose it was cool you know it's like a cool subplot that if it'd been developed more then I could understood it but at that point it's just like okay you want to sell me another toy I get it um. Good, but so you're done with the good. It sounds like you're done with the good. Well, yeah, we can come back to it. Yeah, we can come back to it. I like Jana. You know, I liked all. You know, yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, so yeah. right. <laughs> the path, Lord Jesus, um, Lord Jesus. This might um, this might be the rest of the show, y'all. <laughs> I, 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 I like I say, I've only seen it the one time. You know, when I saw it, I went in hype like I do for any Star Wars movie. That's the funniest thing. Like, I, like I told you, I remember how. I mean. That walk home, I mean, walk to my boy's car from the Phantom Menace is like embedded in my mind. You know, both of us just walking it together and just the silence and just the fuck did we just see? You know, this was not that, you know, when I left the theater. Maybe because I've already seen the Phantom Menace. But going back to that, even when I saw the Phantom Menace right after that Attack of the Clones, I was like, they gonna get it right this time. Wrong. You know, uh, Revenge of the Sith, I was like, they gonna get it right this time. I actually like Revenge of the Sith, but, you know, it's still, you know, it's whatever. So this, I went in like any other Star Wars movie, hype as hell, you know. And y'all see me. You can go to my Instagram right now and check my videos of me watching the trailers. I'm about to cry. Mm-hmm. It it just spent so much time walking back so much of The Last Jedi that I just did not understand. Like my, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that Rey is now Palpatine's granddaughter which just raises so many more questions that it answers. Which is, and you know what? I saw that as soon as at the end when they were like, oh, Palpatine's coming back. I'm like, there's only one reason they would do that. Like, I I personally saw that coming from a mile away. So I wasn't surprised when Kylo confirmed it for her. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, all right, what's next? Like, like, it's just like, why did you, one, as you say, walk back everything that you tried to introduce, besides the fact that it was a different director, walk back Mm -hmm. everything you tried to do in The Last Jedi, which... Regardless of the hate, it, it, people hate change, period. Yes. Let's just be real. People hate change. We hate things that, we, that get changed and stuff that we love. But I think we and many people who listen to the show are also open to allowing it to develop. Mm-hmm. There are some people who are just flat out wrong. No. My thing is, regardless of how you feel, the, the thing is still making money, right? So yep. at what point... Is it, we're not going to capitulate to the hate. We're just going to keep riding with it. There's plenty of things we can name where we were like, oh, this shit looks terrible. Or I don't know, this is going to be trash. And we saw it like, you know what? That shit was amazing. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, maybe I should have a different frame of a different frame of thinking, a different point of view. Give it a chance. So that idea of them walking everything back and then bringing a new uh, old character that, that's supposed to be dead dead. That was t- that was expressed as dead dead by 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 the create like didn't make sense. I mean, to for me. for some time, like for for for, for over <laughs> what for, are we going on fifteen years now? No, thirty. Th- okay, 
Double. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Double that. Yeah. Because I was plus. only including the prequels, but shit. 30 plus. Yeah, I mean, he'd been dead dead since Revenge, you know, Return of the Jedi. And, and, you, and, like, and, and you can also, the argument can be, well, just like with the Force, the dark side has some things that you don't know they could do. But no, it was the, the reason why he was brought back was because they didn't know what the fuck to do. And, uh, and they and thought that I mean, that was going to be so amazing. Not, I think at the end of the day, they don't also realize, do they not realize that we're now, what, two generations past the prequels and past when all of that would have really hit like that by saying General Palpatine's back. Yeah. It doesn't hit the way it used to hit. It hits different for sure, but not, not even that. It really, like, not to be the young guru of this episode, but that just throws against so much of the canon of Star Wars, right? Like, uh, in the prequels, Palpatine is promising to Anakin that he will show him the ways of Darth Plagueis, who was the only person who ever managed to, you know, resurrect somebody, right? Okay. I think he's lying to him at that point because he doesn't even know how to do it. As we see, you know, die every day, B, and nobody gets brought back to life. And then finally, you know, we put, you know, Vader gets put down, right? Anakin gets turned, everything, Vader dies. No one brings him back. It's, and then that's the point. They don't even bother to explain it in the film. You see early on that he has clones of um, Snoke in a tube. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) So, I mean, he says in the film that he created Snoke. So He did. And he said, "I'm, I'm every voice you've ever heard in your head. Yeah, he can create life like it. Well, Palpatine is also. I mean, well, well, I mean, cloning, like I said, cloning is is just science. All right, it raises so many more questions, right? Palpatine is in a way uh, Anakin's father, right? He takes the Force and makes the Force impregnate Shivi, Shimi, whatever his mom's name was, and it's supposed to be like an immaculate birth, like Jesus type of thing, but. Palpatine controlled the force to make it happen, right? Okay. And so now Palpatine is also Ray's grandfather. So Ben Solo and Ray are related. And are they? They over here. How do you yeah. how? I don't see that. Ben Solo uh Palpatine is Leia's um grandfather. If he is Anakin's father, if we're taking that, right? Who said that though? Because Palpatine control. Who said that? Palpatine <laughs> controlled the Force to make um, Anakin in the first place. Oh, Anakin's so you're born- saying like spiritual grandfather, not actual? Yeah, not, I not mean DNA. he made it happen, not right? By DNA. So are you saying that they're just doing the incest shit again? Like, no, bro, we're not doing yes, that. Yes, we're not. Doing I'm saying that. that. I'm saying <laughs> we're that. Not That's doing what that. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that. You know, I mean, not only was that kiss unnecessary, it was also borderline incestuous. Yes. And just in general, this just raises so many questions. Like I said to you immediately after the film, why isn't his, uh, they revealed in the film that it's his son or his daughter, right? Palpatine's, Palpatine's son. Yes. Married, you know, a woman and a maid. Um, and Palpatine's son has no force powers to speak of of his own. So as far as we know. It just completely. Just as far as we know from the film. I don't, again, there's, and that's the other part that makes this more complicated with Star Wars in general. There are books that are also like you, like you, Guru, saying some things are considered legend, some things are considered canon, particularly the mm-hmm. newer books. So I don't. It's, it's a lot of stuff that's mixed in that I don't know what's what. Now that means you can t- potentially go anywhere, but it also makes it a little difficult to pinpoint the truth. 
And it all no, like the new comics, the new books, the new novels are all canon. All that comes everything that comes out right now is pretty much canon. Okay. Yeah. But the issue with that is that that's whack to me. You should be able to go see a film and just be like, oh, okay. You know, there's a story. I get it. You know, I shouldn't have to know. And it shouldn't really, I mean, it shouldn't matter, but it does. That's the problem. You know, you want to know the whole story. You want to know, well, why doesn't his son have force powers if everybody else in this family is the baddest of the bad? (laughs) You know, I mean, the top tier level force users. And then I saw in an interview with Daisy Ridley recently where she was like, People keep wanting to ascribe my character's dopeness. I mean, she didn't say dopeness, but, you know, they're being great to another character. And that's what bugs me the most. It's like there was this section of fandom who just could not accept Ray just being a powerful force user. And they could not, for some reason, seem to accept the idea, like, is what is said in the original films is that force surrounds everything. It is in all of us. All of us have the potential. Mm-hmm. It's not this one family of Skywalkers and Palpatines over here who are the only powerful force users. And that was, to me, the greatest thing The Last Jedi was finally trying to get away from that. And that was right back to that. Again, I, I think a lot of this film just ended up being a cop-out in one again to capitulate, but also they did not know what else to do but to mm-hmm. fall back on it. I, you know, with 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 um, the first film, I the first film of this new trilogy, I was annoyed by it because I was just like it's just a rehash <laughs> of the original trilogy. Yep. Then the then the last Jedi came. I said, oh, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere new. And then here we mm-hmm. are back. And and again, just waste of time. I have lots of bads to add but i'll wait okay, yeah got uh i've got a few that i want to add before we get into anything else and the first one is the sidelining of rose tico yeah. well you were still going in bad we never left bad we're still here okay yeah well that's what i'm saying but uh, before we go anywhere else oh, i gotta okay. say the sidelining of rose tico is just okay i just hang my head in shame like it it is disturbing so I'm... to see go ahead to see J.J. Uh, whatever, Abrams over here in an interview talking about how the best thing that Rian Johnson did was cast Kelly Millerie Tran and then to turn around and have her 15 minutes into the movie say, yo, I'm out. <laughs> you know, literally. Literally just be like, yo, I'm out of this movie for the rest of it. Don't worry about my character. And then nothing happens with her. Someone pointed out that my man, uh, Dominique, what's his name, yeah. Mohagan, well, has more lines I said that. and more screen time. I said that. I told you that. Than her. So, to echo you, justice for Rose Tico. <sighs> they play her completely to the left. And, t- like, you and I, when we were sitting there, she said, oh, I got to stay down here and help out General Leia. We both were like, bitch, what? Like, yeah. I heard Ben, I- like, I said, bitch, what? Like, mouth it to myself. And I heard Ben Amin whisper, damn. And what you guys <laughs> also don't know, Ben Amin was wearing a Rose Tico t-shirt. Like, Shout out to Nerds of Color, Keith Chow, what up? Shout out Keith Chow. The same t-shirt that's, like, made in the image of, like, the Obama Yes We Can posters mm-hmm. from back in the day. Like, he, <laughs> Ben Amin was straight fanboy, like, trying. Like, he was like, we were so sure she was going to get her comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And as she just played to the left. And to the point you were bringing in the act that the point of Dominic being it. I said that to you. He had more screen time and more lines than Rose fucking Tico after mm. all of that shit. And why the fuck was this Hobbit in this film? Was his character <laughs> new? And if he showed up in the previous, Brand new. 
I, right. If you shot in the previous, I fucking missed him. And that should be. No. And if he was, that's a testament to how what forgetful he was. But you're, if he was, in fact, brand new, you're telling me y'all had time to stick in a fucking hobbit with his one ring to and give him all these extra lines and screen time but y'all didn't and but y'all turn around and said oh well we had 24 characters arcs to finish so y'all couldn't deal with that first mm. why uh, yeah no he was a Fuck brand the new one ring man and and uh i also know him as charlie from lost not penny's boat but yeah, either way, it was highly distracting to see this dude just show up out of nowhere because he's such an identifiable actor. It's just like when my other, when Bidman, who finally got blown up, uh, shows up every time because I know he's JJ's boy and that's yeah, why he's in all his films. But he's still a background cast. He has a line or two and, he, and he's gone. And then he got blown up, literally gone. <laughs> yeah, he's out of here. But, and like you said, for them to have time to introduce this new character, they didn't really introduce him. He just shows up, starts talking, whoop, whoop. But he's but, there. But he's and, uh, talking to the main character. It's not like yes. he's on the side carrying somebody's uh, clothes or something. He, no. he not. You know what I'm saying? He's not bringing yes. no delivery. He ain't bringing nobody's Uber Eats. This man is in the movie <laughs> from beginning to end. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, from beginning to end survives, you know, Big Man and a lot of other people who get taken out. The nigga, and the, the dude is not even in those Entertainment Weekly pictures. He ain't no. in no promos. I had no clue he was in the joint. Not and to say that that's just, that not to say that that changes it because people show up in movies yeah, that aren't surprising. Yeah, but come on. Yeah, and poor Rose Tico gets no shine, no burn, no love, no nothing. And once again, what's so wild to me about it? As soon as I've been tweeting about it, I post on Instagram about it, anything. It's ridiculous how much people will jump into your mentions and sit there and tell you how Rose is a terrible character and how she was do nothing, how she's not worth any time, blah, blah, Yo, blah. Yo, that's fine if you feel that way, but mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's start over from logic. From a logistical yep. and logical standpoint, she was very prominent in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. She was always established as a very important character from Jump Street, from the time her sister got blown the fuck up. So... Yep. Or, or if she wasn't her sister, I apologize, but I, I thought she was her sister. So for someone to say, ah, well, we don't need her no more. Like, ah, let's back up. This is a story where you need to, if you're introducing a major character, you need to also resolve that major character. Mm. And it is incumbent upon you as a storyteller to not leave people hanging. It's incumbent upon you as a, as in fairness to, to really be considerate about how you are progressing this character. And if you don't want to progress the character, kill them. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even go that far. No, I am going that far. And you know why? Because there was no... Re- because you might, she might as well be dead the way she was treated Oof. in The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. And I'm saying that... And, and y'all could argue me all day. That's fine. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> it's Capricorn season. But <laughs> I, 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 I don't see the point. I, I, I didn't either. You know, straight up in that. Yeah, I, I didn't see the point at all either. I thought it was wild how, I mean, like you said, you heard me say it in the theater. Damn it. I'm, shout out to uh, Mellow Marketer. He also laughs, cries laughing every time because he talks about the first time we saw Last Jedi together and how I whispered, no, when 
when Luke got cut down. But I mean, he's great at whispering like his explanations. It's, it's I'd be so hurt. I was so hurt when they cut Luke down that first time. I was like, like y'all, y'all, everyone needs to watch a movie with bad ideas. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's an experience. <laughs> but I straight up said, damn it, as soon as I knew what was coming. I knew she'd be out of there for the rest of the movie. Poe straight curves her. I mean, not Poe. Finn. Uh, Finn straight curves her. Like, wasn't, wasn't then, they developing some type of love? Something. I thought there was to be the love triangle between Ray, Finn, and Rose in this film, but none of that. I mean, even a quadrangle, because I thought Poe was up in there too, but nope, there's nothing. There's, I mean, there's so much in this film that's developed, I mean, starts off and then nothing happens, or they just completely ignore it. Like, Finn, I mean, oh my God, poor Finn, yo. Like, I, 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 that was one of my biggest issues with The Last Jedi, was how they disrespected Finn, right? Started off. Finn just disrespected out of control in The Last Jedi, and I thought it was trash. And then this comes in, and it just continues to disrespect the poor Finn's character. Like, he, his relationship with Rose gets ignored. My man spends the entirety of this film yelling about Ray, and she doesn't even talk about him or mention him or really barely interact with him. Like barely interact, barely interact with him. And every other second, he's crying for Ray, crying for Ray. He finally meets Jana. You know, you think there's something going on there, and then that kind of dissipates by the end of the movie. Oh, let's talk. It, let's talk about Jana. Oh well, hold on. Let me get let me get through with Finn over here. You know, we finally reveal that he's force sensitive. That gets ignored. My man has been with Ray for a year. But they, right? they've been hinting for two movies that he's yeah. force sensitive. Okay. But at this point in time, him and Ray have been sitting wherever doing this resistance for a year together since the events of The Last Jedi. For a year. My man has known he's force sensitive since, you know, he's felt the force. And for a year, he doesn't tell her or Leia nothing. No one wants to train the black man. No love. You know, Ray over here running around in the forest with a mask on. Nothing for Finn. No love for Finn. Fam. No love for Finn. So <sighs> you, you mentioned Jana. Um, God damn it. Again, Jana shows up after 75% of the movies already. <laughs> so Jana, who did appear on promos and things like that, you don't even fucking see until the final, pretty much the final act of the movie. Third act, yeah. Fourth act. And yeah. The fourth act of the movie. Uh, and... She still has, I feel like she still has less than the fucking one ring to rule them all. Like, I just, I don't. No second breakfast gets more low. I just don't understand. Okay. And then the introduction of Jana, I, as soon as she showed up, I was like, all right, please don't do what I think y'all going to do. And they did it. Which yeah. is. Oh, they did it. What, let's put all the blacks together. <laughs> Oh, you were a reformed stormtrooper? So was I. Let's a play. slave? Both of us? Both of us? Who would have thunk? Let's Look at out. us. I don't have... And, and you know, some people will say, well, y'all get mad when you can't see no black black love and black togetherness on screen. Nigga, what? This is not that. Yeah. This no. is this is laziness. Yeah. <laughs> this is sheer unadulterated laziness. Like, she, they couldn't do nothing else with Jana but have her tag along and be Finn's, uh, essentially, his his babysitter. Don't mm. do that, Finn. Like, when I saw it the second time, I was like, that's oh, all God. she does. I got your back, Finn. Don't do that, Finn. Watch out, <laughs> Finn. 
So she's Finn's mom? Like, what the fuck? All the while, he over here. Ray! 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 All the while. Finn, now, now talk about something. Finn sounds like your little your little friend. Yes. He sounds like Dion. Raising, raising, raising Finn. Raising Finn. <laughs> raising Finn all Finn, the way. Finn, John, starring John. <laughs> Ray! Ray! Like, I understand Yo, when Jonna... Hold up, hold up. We, we, you've seen it twice. Yes. Uh, answer me this. Why has Finn been suicidal for the last two movies? Why he been what? Suicidal. Like, he straight up tries to kill himself in The Last Jedi, and um, I think he's trying to kill himself in this <laughs> film, too. Like, I just take it that he's just fucked up from all of the programming from being <laughs> a, garb- a waste man. <laughs> so he got to kill himself? Waste, he's such a waste man. Uh, Jana, but yeah, back to what I was saying. Uh, again, after second view, like it, 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 it even dawns upon me even more so. Like, I understand that Jana essentially was, and again, what was the point? You were introduced to to help the main characters, but it still feels like she she is not of her own person. Nah. By the end, they 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 link her up with another black Lando. <laughs> Well, Lando asks where this she... This big-ass galaxy. Where Lando asks, right, this big-ass galaxy and somehow all the black people know each other. Or we'll know each other. Um, and Lando asks, where you from? And she says she don't know. And Lando's like, oh, I'll probably, you know, let's find out. Which which basically is a setup for a potential spinoff, TV, film, movie, whatever. And of course, because, as you mentioned, Ben, I mean, the new comics and books are canon, it was expressed that at one point, Lando did settle down to try to have a family and that indeed, Jana could potentially be Lando's daughter. Not potentially is Lando's okay. daughter. Hey, let's just throw I, it I out there. I was trying to give it. I was trying to just. <laughs> I was trying. Kylo Ren hand. I was trying not to. Yes. This big ass Dallas. Yes. And these Negroes got to be yes. related. Like, what the fuck, yes. folks? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it makes sense since everyone, according to what you said, everyone's fucking related and everyone's yes. fucking each other and there's all this incest everywhere. But come on, this big ass galaxy. It used to be like that. You know, it was like Luke was revealed to be, you know, uh, Darth's uh, son and then Leo was revealed to be his sister. And that was it. You know, and it's cool. And then it turned into where it's like everyone got to be related, especially you Negroes, you know. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the what little bit of Negroes show up? Yeah, y'all both got to be at slaves, and then or die. And this gambler got to be the, your daddy. Like, and your daddy ended up saving both of them. So absent, all that tells me is that black bad. folks need to stick together now and in the future, forever. <laughs> I mean that that's a good message, though. You know, at least we do have that. You know? We saved each other. We and, do save and each we other. We are each other's mamas and each yeah. other's raising beyond. <laughs> Especially because Finn is suicidal. That yo, I I, I, think, I think Rose hurts, but personally, the disrespect of Finn over these last two films has been like, wow, you know. Uh, uh, okay, mo- moving on. Yeah. Why kill Leia now? Sure, they want it. I I my presumption is because they want to give the the this characters on screen time to heal at the fact that. Carrie Fisher, i.e. Princess Leia, has passed on. They want mm-hmm. they wanted to show that show Chewie going off, you know, cr- you know, crying like Big Mama at the funeral. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I guess to give Ben slash Kylo a catalyst to break out of the dark side. But it was contrived as fuck. And once again, a woman got to save a man. <clears throat> and you know, that's like... okay, but 
again, I'm just like, again, because this goes back to what I, only part that I really, really hated about the previous movie with the whole super layer flying in space shit. Like, come on, let's just, just let's let, let it go. Let's just let it go. I just, I, and, and you know what? Maybe because Leia with all, with these children is such a central figure in this that they felt like that we cannot let her go. We cannot let her go. We got to use all Carrie's footage. I also feel like they made it a big point to say, even if she's physically not here, it's her, it's her thoughts and it's her will that lives on. They said that so many times in so many different ways. So if that's the case, why does she physically need to be and why do y'all need to put her in half the movie and kill her? Mm. I would have preferred they do it off screen and find a way or just have her not be in this film and then, you know, uh, Princess Leia, General Leia can pass on after the events of this film. You know, but I understand that might have been more difficult writing than they were ready for because obviously they just were. And then you want to pay tribute to the actress and you want to have her, you know, if all the rest of them, if Han and Luke go out on screen, you know, it's kind of if you don't have that. But that was another problem that I have with these sequels in general. I never understood why they needed to be about the Skywalker clan and all of that and have them so prominently featured. You know, I thought that Luke was used pretty perfectly, and a lot of people disagreed. A lot of people are like, no, Luke should have shown up and fought the First Order. You know, he should, like you said, he should have battled a whole army with a lightsaber. But also remember, he, he Luke, you saying, but he was also trained by yeah. whom? Who was giving him all sorts of fucked up uh, information? Yoda, right. which we know. But, but then he uh, broke away from Yoda and all that, and I get it. You know, but to me, that's already been done, you know, and I never understood that the people wanted to see the same thing again. Like, Luke has been the badass. In Return of the Jedi, he's the ultimate badass. And like Guru says that in the last one, he walks away from that. And I don't understand. I think people miss that scene so much, you know, or misunderstand, misread that scene so much because I always saw it even as a kid when he's about to strike down Vader, he looks at his own gloved black hand that's in the the one hand that's been replaced as cybernetic. And as a kid, I thought the shit was tightening on him. You know, I you know, I was like, oh shit, this t- turning into Vader right there. But he was like feeling the grip of the dark side right there. I was like, yo, I can't be that. So from that point, he's never gonna be that dude who's gonna walk into a battle and try and slaughter someone. That's not gonna be him. He's already done that. You know, we've already had that moment. But people just want to see the same things again and again. And that bugs me out in general about Star Wars. And I think that is my biggest problem with the Rise of Skywalker versus, you know, The Last Jedi. At least it was trying right. to do something. And then new. my final bad point, I guess, at the very end, when Rey decides she's going to take on the Skywalker name. Oof. I mean, let's. She kisses uh, uh, Kylo, which was just. So I don't want to hear no shit about because cool. Kylo touched the Kylo <gasps> touched the stomach, and then maybe she might be pregnant. And then, like, cause someone has said that. Like, <laughs> okay, listen. Oh at the, at no! The very, what, what I would have done, what I, I would have done is, that. I understand that Palpatine, that Palpatine name had, you know, poor, you know, poor uh, recognition in terms of of uh, no one recognized it as a good name. Everyone just hears fear, death, and gloom. But if I was you. I would say that name with my chest and be like, it's a new dawn, it's a new era. I'm Ray Palpatine, bitch, and I'm going to show you why the Palpatines ain't no bitch asses. Like, we're not evil no I more. I think they already showed people well, that. I mean, I mean it in a positive sense. I mean yeah. in a positive, not I'm going to kill the entire galaxy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I have him on the mic hand. I, I think the name already proved that. No, but, you know, it's like, oh yeah. My, I just I just thought I was so corny when she looked at the woman and said, Ray Skywalker. Like, okay. We did all of that for that. Thank you, <laughs> JJ. I, just, I, 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 I like somebody pointed out on Twitter. It's just as wild as her being like, "What's your last name?" Ray Star Wars. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> you could have either said you could have said Ray Palpatine because you're bringing on a new era of your family name. Your family name don't stand for what it stands for no more. Mm-hmm. Or you could have just been like, "It's Ray." Yeah, just right. Just right to signify you know, that you that to signify that you're now your own person. You're never you're no longer bound by the past. You're no longer bound by tradition or bound by the mythos and the legends. You are a new legend. Yeah. But we can't have nice things. No. No, we can't have nice things. We you know, we can't have nice things. All right. And I don't think this is gonna please anyone. That's what that's the wild thing. Like it's gotten, you know, it's making all the money. It's gotten, like, critically, it's getting drubbed for the most part. The fans seem... It's 50-50. It's the, split. It's still kind of early, but it was it was split as far as I could tell. Yeah, it's pretty split. And I don't think, you know, the fans who were upset about Luke not getting his just due and et cetera, et cetera, Ray being overpowered, all that nonsense... I didn't think that they're going to be happy. The fact Ray is still overpowered in their eyes, and now she's the Skywalker. Ray is like, always na- going to be OP. Like, come on, y'all! Like, y'all don't play no games. Like, come on! Like, this is this is typical. Yeah, and I don't think. I mean, I get it. You know, whoop, you know, she could do all this great stuff from the gate, but I'm just like, I don't. I never had an issue with that. I think uh, I stopped. I, don't I know. stopped questioning. Baby Yoda's it. out here doing all kind yeah. of stuff with the Force, and nobody questions it. Once I once I put the understanding that Star Wars is science fantasy. I stopped yeah. questioning a lot of things like that don't make sense. I had asked you when the movie was over, how the fuck they go to 10,000 different planets and can always breathe <laughs> on each one? Always. How did they get but, there so quickly? But, you know this movie takes place over like 16 hours? Listen. <laughs> yo, the, the fucking light speed is that fast, my bro. <laughs> It's that it's fast. That it's fast. Okay. Never been that. It's, it's never been that Raven, fast before. It's faster than Gendry. It's faster than anything alive. It's faster than Sonic it, the Hedgehog. It, it's never been that fast before in any of the films, but now it is. Well, like, all right. It's fast when it needs to be. Um, yeah. that's 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 all I got for the bad. I have questions. Um, this is not really the fault of the movie itself, I guess, but maybe more so the media. The media hype about there being in on-screen, same-sex kid for the first time in Star Wars. It was mid as fuck. It was no, that like, was low grade. It was low. Oh shit! Yes, it was yeah. low grade. It's forgettable. Grade. It can no. easily be that shit. Don't get you high at all. It can easily be edited out for other markets who are not welcoming to the LGBTQ plus community. It does. It, it doesn't give you anything. It's just nope. literally fault. Finn and, and all of them is looking around, looking at if some people are crying because they peoples died in the final battle. Some people are so happy because they peoples came back. And two of what I assume are engineers, they kiss. Two women. Oh, well. One is a pilot. Okay, one's a pilot. Awesome. Not to, One, y'all use two women because you know socially two women are more, is more uh, palatable than two men. Mm-hmm. Two, that still ignores what even Oscar Isaac has been saying about how come Poe and Finn don't have that relationship shit stuff explored. Yep. And three, back to what you said, Ben, it was low. It was so, it was a millisecond. Yeah. So, so. This is more so for the media that's hyping this. This is this. That's nothing. That's not yeah. representation. Mm-mm. So, I, I, and and 
I would love for our our listeners uh, that are part of the LGBTQ plus community to tell us what you thought about that and if, if it did anything for you. Mm, yeah, because it did abs- absolutely nothing for me as well. It was a cop out. Um, I've got a million questions, like I say, about the whole uh, Palpatine's return, his son, how the hell he has a thousand or so superstar destroyers that all have planet-killing weapons. I don't ask no more it, questions. <laughs> when it took them years to build two Death Stars in the first it place. It took them, what, like 20 years to build a Death Star? Yeah, something like that. It was a minute. And they, you know, this man just got gats for days, you know, just that, you know, gats upon gats and, upon and, gats. And not, and not only Star Killers or Star Destroyers, but with each... And say there were 10,000 of them, each one yeah. had a planet-killing cannon on it. Yeah. And yet you get served by some dudes that Chewbacca and Lando managed fuck? to round up. I, My man, uh, you know, force lightning the whole thing, and you still lost. Like, I'm, it was just I'm, I'm, I'm going to run through the rest of this. W- yeah. What was the point of the Knights of Ren? Like, they, 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 again, hyped up and then got washed. Real easy, <laughs> and you didn't they got even, washed easier than uh Snoke starts did and they, in the last one. Yes, time. and then you didn't even, see, and then they didn't even do nothing most of the movie. They was just standing around talking about, oh, I'm badass, and then one stormtrooper was talking about goals. Goals for what? Uh, this is more so for a question for you, Ben. Why did General Huck said he wanted? He didn't care that whether they won, that he wanted <laughs> Kylo to fail. That's cool, but why did you want Kylo to fail? Is it just because he didn't like the nigga? Like I didn't. Yeah, because he served him in the last film. So just because he, he was him in the last jealous. Film. Yeah, man, my man was petty as hell. I love that. That was hilarious right. to me. I love that. All right. <laughs> he, he was so petty. <laughs> That's okay. My man was trying to risk it all. He, uh-huh. he risked it <laughs> all. And they came up with that lame ass excuse like, oh, they overpowered me with his little cane. Oh, they yeah. overpowered me. I would have shot that nigga too. Like, come on. Sam, you I'm are like, lying. why did you bounce? Like, what do you think what? this is? What did you you should have left. You should have. You should even that you know, Finn and them when it took you with you. Get in a ship and get the fuck out. Yeah, you're I mean, my man had killed billions. You gotta remember that that dude had killed billions, and that's another question. Like, how does Ray kiss this dude? Like, I just watched uh, Return of the Jedi again the other day, and Luke, you know, Vader gets redeemed, and they have this sappy moment where Vader is actually like sitting there smiling and shit. At this because it's about redemption, Ben. I mean, and he's no longer <laughs> Kylo. Kylo Ren is dead. So says Han Solo's ghost <laughs> ben solo was alive but not for long another thing how does your memory talk to you <laughs> i'm not asking no questions anything that deals with that stuff i'm like it's the force the, like, like, like the force is this i mean the, the, ben solo is remembering I this think, shit i think when we really think about it in the grand scheme of things at the end of the day the force is used too much as, as a deus ex machina like it's used yeah. too much to be like it's just the force, y'all. Yeah. yeah. Why, why, but I, why I, do we have those, famine all over the world? It's just the force. <laughs> that that's, that's like, stuff what? doesn't matter to me. Um, like, oh, God. There, there's just so those, that's, many. That's all my questions, and that's all my stuff. Like, I'm, I'm done talking about. Again, I found it. It, it was the overall, the, the, the movie was mid. Mm-hmm. It's at if you just going if you know nothing about Star Wars and don't care about the stuff that whether or not it makes sense you just want to go see a movie it's a movie and it has wars in it and it's not nearly as racist as the Phantom Menace was so Oof. it you know it's still on the rankings of racism for a Star Wars movie it's still uh, I I probably say about well okay the first one has no people of color 
So there's that. So I'd still say it's about number three. You know, four <laughs> what maybe. What a low bar to jump over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like Phantom Menace is definitely the most racist. Star Wars has no uh, people of color, so that's number two. Empire Strikes Back introduces Lando, but he's a smuggler and a gambler who lost a, sh- a ship in a damn, you know, gambling in a way. I don't mind because <laughs> Han Solo ain't shit either, so. True indeed. Facts. So I feel you. You know, birds okay. of a feather flock together and all that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'd say it's number three because they straight played Finn. Well, last year I played Finn too. Ooh. See, you can't win, but I mean. I, yeah, all these movies win. are, you know, you it, it's and, tight. And, and it's tight. Some, a lot of people have been seeing, I've seen it a lot on Twitter and other places where people said they don't think Star Wars will ever be for, like, not everyone will ever be happy with a Star Wars movie. Yeah. No. Never. I think if Empire Strikes Back came out today, people would tear it apart. Mm. You know, yeah, I, I seriously think people would tear it apart. Like, you know, imagine, you know what I'm saying? Suddenly saying, oh, the evil villain is this dude's dad. Like, if that hadn't been done before, you got to remember that wasn't, you know, something like that hadn't been done before. So, you know, if that came out with having it been done for, I think people would just tear it apart because people would not be ready for it. And, you know, it's the age of the internet where people just love tearing everything apart, as we, you know, just show with this one. But, yeah, like you said, overall, it's a Star Wars film. So I'm always going to at least have, you know, there's to be moments in it. I'm going to watch it again and probably enjoy it maybe more, maybe less the second time. I don't know. You seem to enjoy it less the second time out. So, yeah. I, no, I, I'm not. The, the second time out just couldn't. Like, the first time I said, is it just me? And the second mm-hmm. time out, I was like, nope, it was you. Yeah, see, the first, like, when the first time I saw Last Jedi, I walked out of there like, what? You know, what was that? But I think that was because it was doing so many new things. Because I saw it again before the critics even saw it. You know, I got to see it again, like, that first weekend or, like, day of it dropping, I think. We went and saw it. And so I got to see it again. And the second time I saw it, and after thinking about it and talking with about it with people who had seen it real early, I'd already started loving that movie. And so when the general consensus or this backlash came against it, I was like, wow. Yeah, it was, it was confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I largely stayed away from anyone's point of view. I went in this clean. And the second viewing just reaffirmed what I thought after watching it with you. Yep. All right. Well, I think that is it for our... Told you that was going to be the whole episode. <laughs> it damn, damn sure is. You know, we got a little interview for y'all as always coming up. Uh, Tatiana, please let them know who we got, you know, on the show, or I mean, they already know they've seen it in the title. You know, they, it's they've seen the title, but we are going to be welcoming Hiro Kanagawa, who is going to be seen, or if you haven't watched it already, as the Triber Elder Lord Unoa in Apple TV's dystopian epic starring Jason Momoa. See, he, oh, yes, he also can be seen playing opposite Jessica Beale in Facebook Watches Limetown, based on the popular podcast of the same name, and uh, he has been featured in the Midway. A movie by Roland Emmerich. Uh, honestly, Hero's been in a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. he he really I really enjoyed this conversation. Shout out to Chico Leo who co-captained that interview with me. Um, you guys will learn a lot about Hero and learn a lot about his life. I, I think it's really impressive. Hey guys, it's Allison Williams. I'm an actor, and when I am not scaring people on screen, I am hanging out with For All Nerds and listening to their show. Hey guys, this is Rod and Karen of the Blackout Tips Podcast, and when we are doing one of our mini podcasts, yes, we are listening to For All Nerds. 
Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Asante, one third of the Friend Zone, and when I am not smoking pot or playing Shinobi Striker, I am listening to For All Nerds. Tune in. What's up, everybody? This is Chuck Creekmer, aka Jigsaw from AllHipHop.com, and when I'm not placing my heavy hand on the world of hip hop culture, I'm watching for all nerds. Hey, this is Logan Browning, and when I'm not trying to take over Netflix, I'm listening to For All of Us. Yo, what up? This is Yahya Abdul-Mateen. The second I play Black Manta in the Aquaman movies. And when I'm not getting around the city, I'm chilling, listening to For All Nerds. What's up, y'all? This is Ann Steven Harris, fire artist, co-creator of Aztec, fire artist on Ajala, The Fringe, Michael Cray, Watson the Homes, don't forget Watson the Homes, award winner of Watson the Homes, Glyph Award, Eyes are nominated. When I'm not drawing, I am listening to For All Nerds. Check it. Hey, I'm Malcolm Lee, director of Night School. And when I'm not directing, writing, and producing, and editing and spending time with my kids, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon. And when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I am listening to For All Nerds. Yo, what's up? This is Chico Leo, and when I'm not leading an Athenian revolt in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm listening to Four All Nerds. Welcome back, fan fam. As usual, we bring you the best in talent in Hollywood entertainment and beyond. And today is just like any other amazing day at For All Nerds because we're welcoming Mr. Hiro Kanagawa, actor, playwright, and screenwriter. He was born in Japan, uh, raised a little bit in Michigan before returning to Japan for high school. He then, after going through a series of prestigious schools, he learned about sculpture and trained in the musical arts and performance arts and theater. Then he moved to Vancouver and went into film and television. Of course, we're going to talk more about him. But first, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Hiro Kanagawa. Woo! Hello, how are you? All Excellent. nerds out there. <laughs> well, welcome to the spaceship. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And thank you so much for joining us. We were really excited to speak to you. I mean, you have such an extensive history within sci-fi, like from the 90s onward. So I know a lot of people are excited about all your past works and all your present work. So we want to get all into that. Uh, but, Great. You know, but first, I, I have to ask, like, because you've had such a long history, like, if you weren't an actor, what else would you be doing? Or is it like you have to you would always be an actor no matter what at this point? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I never, I didn't start out uh, with acting as my driving focus in life. I think my first aspiration in life was to be, when I was about five years old, was to be a Grand Prix racer. Oh. And then uh, I certainly wanted to play baseball when I lived in Michigan, wanted to play for the Tigers. Uh, I've always been athletic, so, you know, I've always had uh, pro pro sport dreams. Um, but writing certainly would, would be something I would continue to be doing. And, uh, mm. and as you mentioned, I, I played music. I was in rock bands in college and, uh, and I've done visual art as well. So mm. I think I'd, ha I'd have a lot of things that I get myself involved in if I didn't have acting. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's pretty unique that I mean you would do grand prix racing. Like that's not something you hear every day. I wouldn't even know <laughs> I wouldn't even know how anymore. to get into it. 
Yeah, well, that's when I was five years old. I know a lot more about it now, so I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so I, I actually I have a question. Um, so we we have we've actually talked about this a, a while back on For All Nerds, but many of the sci-fi shows that we all watched in the '90s and the aughts, and even the last few years, all came out of Vancouver. And right. you know you you've been on a lot of them. I mean, going going all the way back to Lamantis and the X Files and Sliders yes. and Dark Angel. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people didn't realize that these were all filmed in Canada, and they introduced America to tons of great um, Canadian actors. Did you mm-hmm. move to Vancouver to pursue the acting, or were you there? Um, and then maybe could you even talk about how it happened that it became such a center for so much great sci-fi TV? I mean, I literally was talking to a friend about Continuum about two or three days ago. I'm not joking. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I arrived in Vancouver on 1990, just when um, things were really getting going. And I did I didn't come here uh, knowing that that the film and TV industry was starting, and I and I did intend to try and get to be a part of that. And, uh, I think at the time the sci-fi thing hadn't quite started yet. I know there was a show called the commish that had been, that was one of the major shows that had shot here. And, uh, and then what happened was, uh, I think it was really the X files really put Vancouver on the map for sci-fi. And then of course, Chris Carter shot all of his shows here. Uh, and so after the X-Files took off, there, there were a lot of sci-fi shows that came here. I think precisely because with, with some of the early shows that started out, there was the infrastructure started to be developed, right? The special effects artists, really good. And then they, they just started building all of the infrastructure that you need to do sci-fi shows, you know, the green screens and, and the sci-fi houses, uh, the special effects houses and so on and so forth. And I just, I think it just kind of snowballed from there. Right. Totally. It's like sort of New Zealand for the fantasy stuff since the Lord <laughs> of the Rings movies. Well, I got to tell you, there's also something about the light in Vancouver because I actually think the X-Files never looked the same after it moved to LA. <laughs> Um, so there's something right. really, well, I mean, it's not sunny here. It is, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a temperate rainforest and it is very often overcast or, or actually raining. So, yeah. um, and, and that's easy for, you know, when you're shooting outside, you don't want a lot of direct sunlight because it's, uh, it's very hard to, to, to control the contrast. Uh, so it's, it's good to have a nice kind of, uh, even wash of overcast. Yeah. But it does give Vancouver shot shot projects a, a certain moodiness, which uh, fits very well with with a lot of the sci-fi stuff. You know, that's interesting because I mean, for a different, slightly different reason. I mean, you, you mentioned having this understanding in Vancouver, and you're talking about from a climate perspective, but also you have a you have a history with Vancouver. And then, you know, I mentioned at the top of when we introduced you that. You, you were born in Japan, Sapporo, Japan, and then you moved to the States mm-hmm. and then moved back to Japan for high school. Like, how did that affect you when you, as you were growing up? And, and you explained to us that you've generally always wanted to be a writer. Like, how did all of that movement and experience affect you as a creative? That's an interesting question. I mean, I think uh, there 
a lot of people who have moved around, be they army brats or, you know, having had to move because of whatever it is that their parents were doing. Um, it does, I think it does make you more resilient in that every few years you're always having to make new friends and so on. But moving back to Japan for high school was, uh, that was a huge culture shock for me because mm. I went from, from, you know, a relatively small town population, 70,000 or so, uh, in Ontario. I mean, I'd previously lived in Sterling Heights, Michigan, which also is a fairly you know, small suburb. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Tokyo, which is a megalopolis population over 30 million. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and I went to, uh, a, a board, a private boarding school that had the school uniforms and was very much more strict, um, than, than anything you would encounter in North America. So that was a huge culture shock for me. And it probably did, um, contribute to, you know, my pursuing an artistic lifestyle. It just made me a lot more introspective and mm. I preferred to just, you know, play my guitar all day and, <laughs> and be in a band as opposed to doing the work at school. So that's, that was probably pretty key to my development. Absolutely. And, and did your family, did they encourage you to dive further into the arts or were they like, no, you have to do something more practical? <laughs> No, absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> I think this is true of a lot of uh, Asian families, especially then. Uh, they, you know, my parents definitely wanted me to to study and 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 get a job in a in a normal field, whatever that that might be. Uh, but saving grace for me was that, as I said, I was in a boarding school. My parents were like 800 miles north. <laughs> so they had very little. So you're like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Effect on what I was doing on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, you're over there. I'm here. I'm going to do what's right for mm -hmm. me. You know what? And actually, uh, now that I think of it, the the money that they that I had every month, and I was supposed to buy the cafeteria ticket with it to for my meals. Yeah, I actually spent all that money to buy a guitar. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Uh, I got it. Was yeah, it... I got in a shit ton of trouble for that, but it all worked out in the end. And we're talking an acoustic guitar? <laughs> yeah, or an ovation. You know oh, what an nice. ovation is? It's an it's an acoustic guitar, but it, it you can plug it in. It costs about eight hundred dollars. Wow, that's <laughs> a, that's a lot day, of cafeteria yeah. meals. Right, <laughs> so you're hoarding your cafeteria yeah. money to buy this music, and you're yeah. pursuing your 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 artistic passions that may not have necessarily been encouraged, but this is something that that you felt that it was necessary for your life well it was it was really necessary for my happiness back in those days for sure mm. because uh otherwise i don't know how i would have survived the you know three and a half years in tokyo so i mean it's i mean it sounds like you know you it's a good thing you did survive because you're i mean you're working left and right now um you've got i mean uh, a couple of projects have come out this year but you've got two or three more projects like on the docket um, is there anything, you know, is there anything that you, you want to talk about that, uh, that, that, uh, you know, that either is coming out or that you have that, that has come out this year? Yeah. I mean, uh, just this fall, uh, line on Facebook watch came out and, and of course, uh, C on Apple TV. Um, those were two, two, uh, big projects that I was, uh, fortunate enough to, to be a part of, um, 
and uh, I have a couple of you know feature films coming out. One that I'm really really excited. I have a I have a a smallish supporting role in, but uh, I have some scenes with Gary Oldman, who obviously has been a huge uh, idol of mine for for many decades. So that was a huge thrill to work with him. And um, I'm you know I'm a journeyman actor. I I I, I haven't. Uh, been attached as a series regular to anything, but, um, yeah, I try to stay busy. And, uh, mm-hmm. fortunately for me, I'm different productions find me castable. So, uh, I do have a lot coming up. Um, and a lot of it hopefully will be as, as big and prominent as, uh, the altered carbons and Limetown and sea and man in the high castle and some of these other shows that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of, um, it's hard now. It's getting increasingly hard to talk about upcoming projects because there's so much uh, secrecy around them. There's non-disclosure agreements you have to sign. And um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it's gotten to the point where when I audition, the uh, audition sides, you know, they used to email them to you and you'd print them out and learn your lines. Now, a lot of the audition sides, you're not they're on the cloud. You can access them, but you're not allowed to print them. Mm. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to screen capture them. If you try, you'll lose access to the to the side. So, you know, there's the secrecy, and I understand it because with social media and stuff, there's so much leaking of information, and so the uh, productions have to be really careful about that. But yeah, it's gotten to the point where I'm not really allowed to talk about things until uh, a certain point. But um, <laughs> all I can say is that yes, I I am involved in some some more big things coming up, and uh, yeah, definitely. Hopefully, in a little while, I'll be able to talk to you guys about it. Well, no problem with that. Um, so I I want to go back just a little bit because um, you you were very poignant a very poignant note that you mentioned when you said that you were a, you were at boarding school, so you were away from your family for high school. So what? How did you make the jump from leaving Japan to Vancouver? Just by chance, you know, it, it turned out that I, it was a, it was an international school that I was going to in Tokyo. Um, it wasn't an American school. It was a Japanese school, but, uh, there was a certain percentage of the school population that was, uh, international in terms of they were Japanese kids who had, who, who had, uh, lived abroad. I see. So the English, the English department at the school, there were some, uh, Americans there and by chance, Two of them happened to be from Vermont and, uh, and they saw that I had a facility for writing and they knew I was interested in, in studying English. So, uh, w- one thing that immediately came to mind for them was a very Tony college up in Vermont called Middlebury college, mm. um, which has a very good English school, uh, the Breadloaf school of writing, which, uh, you know, Robert Frost, the famous poet, Robert Frost, his cabin is on the Breadloaf. That's how I wound up going to uh, Vermont from Tokyo because some of the faculty at the school happened to be from Vermont and they recommended it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So I I would imagine you've run into some a lot of notables in your travels, like people who are also in your field, in your profession, or even even within stage or or screen that you've had mm-hmm. to cross paths with. Yes, absolutely. You know, as I mentioned, I just I got to work with Gary Oldman 
last year. Uh, I interviewed with Viggo Mortensen last year for quite a while. For yeah. I never, I didn't ultimately get that part, but uh, what was it for? A, oh, it's a film. It's a film he's making. It's like his directorial debut. Oh wow! Um, oh, I yeah, see. and uh, and I read for the part of his husband. It's a, it a gay couple. And I read for the part of his husband, and I had a, a meeting. He came to Vancouver to meet with me uh-huh. and another actor he was looking at, and it, you know, we wound up sitting in a in a room talking for like over two hours. So that was a fantastic uh, opportunity. And uh, you know, of course, all of the leads of the series that I've been on, and uh, Christopher Walken back in the day, and uh, yeah. I just and Jessica Beals I got to work with on Limetown. So, so that's one of the uh, perks of being a journeyman actor is uh, mm-hmm. bouncing around from show to show and getting to meet all of these uh, tremendous artists who work on them. Do you, Do you have any funny anecdotes? Like you can leave the you can leave the real person's name out of it, but is there anything <laughs> like funny or embarrassing or just crazy that you can recount that <laughs> you know with and could, the, yeah. the, the the star could be anonymous, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, no, I mean, this is, here's a funny story. I've actually written a screenplay that uh, begins with this anecdote. And I'm actually tomorrow going to have a meeting with a producer about this screenplay. But back about 20 years ago, there was, um, in the early days of HBO, one of the earliest HBO movies that they, you know, when they were first starting to produce their own content, uh, they had a movie called Tricks starring Mimi Rogers. Uh, and the premise of the movie was that she was a former Vegas showgirl, but, you know, she was now uh, working as, as, as like a, a hooker, as an escort in Reno. Mm. And I had the part of um, a businessman who, you know, is one of her Johns, right? Oh, wow. So there was there was a blowjob scene in this movie <laughs> and I kid you not, as it turns out the day of the blowjob scene was the one time in my entire life that I overslept. Oh my God. Oh, of course. <laughs> so I was, I get, I set my alarm for six, 6 a.m., but I guess by mistake, I set it for 6 p.m. instead of 6 a.m. Oh, so I'm sound asleep. The phone rings, and the second AD is like, where are you? Your call time's 7. And I'm thinking it's 3 in the morning, and I'm like, what are you talking about? My, I'm not supposed to be there yet. And she's like, yeah, it's 7.08. <gasps> and, of course, I had intended to get up at 6, get cleaned up, shower at least, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I had, to, I had to, like, jump out of bed, jump into yesterday's clothes. Oh, that's the worst. And then, Stinky. you know book at the set and uh, I get into my dressing room and, and my wardrobe for the day is hanging on a hook and it's, it's a Ziploc bag with a flesh colored G string in it. Oh my God. (laughs) And then I, you know, so I throw that on, I throw a bathrobe on some slippers and then they're jetting me across the parking lot into the hotel where we were shooting. And then I met Mimi Rogers in the, in the elevator. Hello. Hello. And then for the next four hours, you know, I'm lying on a bed with her face, like, a, you know, a couple inches from my crotch. Wait right? a minute. You shot and this scene. You the shot the scene when you just I'm met like, her? 
Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, it's just the, and the whole time, I, all I can think is that I didn't have a shower or anything, you know, because I had to. <laughs> Were you like apologizing to her? Like, I'm sorry, I didn't shower and I well, almost left. Luckily, luckily, I'm not a inherently stinky person and right. I didn't do anything freaky the night before, luckily. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's probably my most embarrassing story. That's a good, no, that's a great story. And so you're going to go pitch something tomorrow that that's that anecdote opens up your, uh, your, I mean, that's pretty good, I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's uh in, in, in you could uh, you could have a fifty year career and not and not run into a situation like that. Jesus, wow. Okay, well <laughs> well okay, so this this makes me think because I didn't realize I mean I knew that sometimes you're meeting people on set the day of and sometimes you're shooting these really um maybe intimate scenes and things like that. But and because of that Sometimes when you actually ha- it's, it's time to act, you it may not go off the way you pictured, or or it's maybe for better or for worse. That said, are you mm-hmm. the, are you the type of actor that after you finish filming and everything's complete, do you watch yourself back? A lot of a lot of people we've talked to have said that they they've often hide from watching themselves because they either cringe or they or they're hypercritical of themselves. So I'm curious, are you doing the same? I, I would have to say that. Uh... I'm kind of in between. I mean, I do watch some stuff, but I don't watch it all. Uh, I don't watch everything that comes out. And uh, I certainly don't go to the theater. Mm. You know, if, if, if something that I've been in is in a movie theater, I don't go to see it in the theater. I mean, I go to a premiere or something, you know. Right. Um, but I wouldn't just, like, go to the Cineplex and buy it and go to see it. No, I wouldn't do that. And you know, the most, I, what I find the most awkward is if I'm on a plane oh, no. and yeah. something that I, something that I've been in is, is playing on the plane. Um, I, for some reason, because <laughs> well, you're trapped with the audience <laughs> in a movie yeah, theater. You can just leave. really uncomfortable sometimes. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> Has there been a situation where yeah. you were on a plane, something that you were on came on and someone turned around and they were like, dead staring at you like hey guy <laughs> like have that has that ever happened uh, not on a plane but it is it is it is interesting where i've been recognized and by whom and why i'll tell you one thing that you know i had there's a a film best in show a christopher guest show of course uh best in show about the dogs the show dogs yeah um and uh yeah it's it's got a huge cult following around the world. And, uh, I have one scene in it with Parker Posey, but I've been recognized for that one scene in more places and by more people than anything else. And, uh, it's astonishing because now, I mean, that was over 20 years ago and my hair is completely gray now, but people still stop me in the street and recognize me for that scene. And, and I'll tell you the craziest thing was in Havana, Cuba, mm. the customs agent uh-huh. guarded in Havana, Cuba, recognized me from Best in Show, and uh, and Mexico as well. You know, just walking on the beach, some Mexican Mexican fellow mm. recognized me from Best in Show. So there's a lot of dog lovers out there who love that show, and uh, and they you know they seem to find me when I'm out out wow. and about. Does that does that bother you or do you welcome the the recognition? No, I welcome it. I mean, I'm sure that uh if I was if my level of fame was on a level where where 
much much more i would start to and sometimes you know it, it does get to be a point where i i feel like well if, if this was a bit more i w- i would not enjoy this but right uh at at the level that i'm at it's uh no i i i don't mind it at all it's it's not at all an inconvenience or uh anything that that you know uh, affects my life negatively at all and if you're getting recognized for one scene from one movie, you know, internationally, it must be nice. I mean, you're sort of, you know, you've affected like humanity beyond, you know, beyond any kind of borders or whatever, because yeah. you're right. I mean, dog lovers everywhere do certainly love that movie and, uh, mm-hmm. and quote it constantly. Um, and so that's cool. You know what I mean? It's cool that, yeah, you're, that you cool. get recognized in, in Cuba and in Mexico and in, you know, and on planes or you know, and, and that you're not, you know, as long as you don't have to run down the street like the Beatles in a hard day's <laughs> night or something like that, <laughs> exactly, you know, you don't have to yeah. travel with 40 bodyguards, but that's, uh, that's, it's a nice, it seems like it's a nice level. I mean, you're definitely working, you know, you're, you're, uh, yeah. you know, I know a lot, a lot of actors are always afraid, you know, that they're, that they're never going to work again, even if they have, you know, a great role right now, you never know what's going to happen next. Yeah. So how do you how, do you do you ever have that just riffing off of Chico a little bit? Do you ever have that fear like, oh, my God, I don't know where the next paycheck is coming or are you more go with the flow? No, I mean, I have two kids and uh, mm-hmm. they're getting very expensive. So I, <laughs> I constantly I, I think I constantly have that fear. I uh, especially when there's not something lined up. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and over the last several years, I've been fortunate in that there's always something lined up. Um, but you know, just this summer, uh, after I wrapped, I think after I wrapped Limetown in about April or May, uh, I didn't have anything lined up for a few months and, uh, it was pretty dry over the summer. I definitely started to, uh, you know, worry a little bit but yeah. after almost 30 years in the biz I know I I guess I've gotten to the point where I trust that something is going to always come up right um, I just kind of have that trust and uh if all else fails I can you know I'm for right now I'm fortunate that there's some writing money coming in and yeah. uh yeah. hey I guess I could always go teach absolutely yeah sure absolutely if worst you- came to worst do your kids watch your shows at least like the age appropriate ones? <laughs> yeah, you know? they do. And, uh, what do they you think? know, right now they're, well, they, the one thing they keep saying is dad, stop dying. Right. right. <laughs> dad, when are you going awesome. to be in a show and not die? Right. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's true. Actually, you should get a little, one of those montages that they, they make sometimes of actors on the internet where they show all the, oh, scenes like the, like the quick cut. Yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> like, cut, yeah. Yeah. Danny Trejo has yeah. one of those. Yeah. Al yeah. Leong has yeah. one of those. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They actually have, they actually have, have cut together all their death scenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should do that. Yeah. You definitely you should. should. It would be cool. Yeah. It would be cool just to, I mean, and also it would help people see how much you've been in and how much you've been involved in so many different projects. Yeah. I mean, uh, and for, how- for all, anyone, and you know, how many spectacular deaths I've done. <laughs> I mean, a death scene's the coolest thing, right? The coolest thing to play. But yeah, for, yeah. for all nerds listeners, I mean, you should really check out um, Hero's body of work. I mean, you you guys have seen 
dozens of these shows you know yeah, it's it's yeah. really amazing yeah. uh how you know how many shows that we've seen over the years with you in them yeah and and hero something you said about you know you would potentially be a teacher i mean you're you're actually teaching people a lot right now not just about you but about your experiences in the business and how it really works so how did you for, for again like you said sometimes there's ups and sometimes there's downs you've been at this for 30 years like what do you do to keep positive and what do you do to keep going um you know especially in a world where everything seems so negative and everything seems so constantly against oneself how do, what do you do to keep yourself going well as i said i have other outlets writing certainly is is uh is an outlet for me and family is really important to me. Uh, uh, I, you know, when, when there's not a lot of acting going on, I find that it's so healing. And so it puts me in such a positive space to just spend time with the kids. I mean, my, my son is a excellent football player and I've, Mm -hmm. and I've had the uh, absolute pleasure and, privilege to be an assistant coach on his football teams. And, uh, awesome. you know, we've won, we won a provincial championship a few years ago. And then just this, this summer, we won a provincial flag championship as well. So if, uh, if I'm not on set, yeah, if I'm not on set, there's nothing I'd rather be doing than, you know, being on the field with my son or my daughter and, uh, watching them play sports. That's, well, that's super great. Awesome. Yeah, that's congratulations. Awesome. And and if you don't mind, if you could give some advice to our listeners, because lots of times the people who are listening to the show they they want to become writers or actors or or get into Hollywood in some way. And and some of them, and we've talked about it ourselves personally. Sometimes it's a little difficult for us when you're a person of color. Um, you have different hurdles to jump. So, what advice would you provide? Mm-hmm. Well, certainly there's. Uh, there's no, there's nothing you can do except do it. There's just uh, no substitute other than just doing what you can, everything you can. And if, mm. if you know, you're in a situation where you're not being cast, uh, there's always write your own stuff, make your own short films with your friends, you know, just to get your feet wet, just to get that experience. Um, I'll tell you, when I was younger, if you had looked around at me and the and the and the people around me, I, I'm not the first person that would have come to mind as someone who would have made it as a, as an actor. You know, uh, just thinking back, mm-hmm. I can think that think of in, incredibly talented actors that I've known over the years, and mm-hmm. and a lot of them aren't necessarily working actors. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily uh, the people who are the prettiest faces or the most talented who make it. It's, you know, there, there is a level of perseverance and, uh, and sheer, you know, gutting out the tough times that, uh, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, mm. and, uh, I think, you know, as a person of color, I would say that, um, there's pros and cons. I mean, uh, yes, for me, it's been hard. It was harder when I was younger because I didn't have access to the same number of roles that uh, mm-hmm. that a white actor might have. Mm-hmm. But as I grow older now, I'm in a position where a lot of the parts that I play aren't race specific at all. They're they're race neutral. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've gotten to the point where just because I have the body of work now, uh, to some extent, uh, in terms of experience, I have a leg up on a lot of guys. And, uh, so, and, and then I have access to the rules that are race specific, which, which the white guys don't have access to. So, uh, it's a, it, it can work both ways for you, you know? And, um, and I think right now the, with the whole, uh, you know, there is an emphasis, there is a consciousness about, about media needing to be more diverse. And I think yes. that that on all of that is, 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 uh, is a great thing for not just for us actors, but for society in general, it's great for, for everyone out there to see themselves reflected and see themselves represented. Indeed. That's good. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, well, you have survived the interview segment of For All Nerds, but you are almost at the finish line. There is the BRAP segment, which is our somewhat quick fire uh, question and answer segment. We're going to give you some choices and you'll be able to pick between the two. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I will go first. Let's see. Superman or Batman? Batman. Professor X or Magneto? Magneto. Why Magneto? I think that uh, I like to, you know, the same, for the same reason, I guess, that I chose Batman. Uh-huh. I like the uh, uh, the characters that have are kind of darker and more conflicted, and yeah. I kind of feel like Magneto is that way. Okay. Okay, that's a fair answer. Um, the Wire or Breaking Bad? Oh, uh, the wire, all the way. I mean, I love Breaking Bad, but the uh-huh. wire is just probably the greatest show ever. Yeah, ever, ever still made. stands alone. Yeah, yeah. Our 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 host Ben Amin would appreciate that answer. He'll be very happy when he hears this. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? <sighs> I'm I'm a fan of like the early Star Wars from like when I was a kid. So yes. I'll have to go with Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, who was yeah. your biggest inspiration like another actor to help you start acting another actor because i when when people ask me who my biggest inspiration is i always say bruce springsteen oh okay that that's just there's just hands down no one has been a bigger inspiration to me in my life artistically than bruce springsteen why bruce oh it's just uh you know his music and the way he lives his life and uh you know, going to going to a Bruce concert, it, it's uh, I think who was it recently? Uh, one of these uh, new pop artists, Sean Mendez or somebody, you know, described it as metaphysical, and it is. It's a transformative experience to see him live, uh, which I've done a number of times. But you know, even mm-hmm. just listening to his records is uh, it's had a huge effect on me over my lifetime. Cool, cool. So you uh, do you have a, a favorite superhero movie or franchise? But you know, I mean, of the ones recently that enjoyed Wonder Woman, I really enjoyed Black Panther. Ah, Those are the two that that immediately come to mind. Yeah. Um, from when I was a kid, we had the 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 original Batman series on TV, the the campy one. Oh yeah. Uh, the one with like Eartha Kitt as Batwoman. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, they, that, I certainly enjoyed that when I was yeah. a kid, for sure. Tatiana's making a face. Yeah. 
It's know? just that, that was before yeah. my time, but I've seen the videos. So. Yeah, no, I <laughs> yeah. have that on Blu-ray. I, I bought that, you know, and I used to watch that as a kid too. Those were great. Yeah, um, they were. They were. Um, I didn't understand that they were supposed to be funny when I was a kid, but. Oh, right, no, I probably didn't now, either. But... Yeah, <laughs> they're funny now. Um, okay, I'm gonna get this one shot. What's your favorite Wesley Snipes movie? Uh, White Man Can't Jump. Excellent. Uh, if you had any any superpower, what would it be? To heal. Oh, that's nice. Power I don't know to if, heal. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. anyone's ever said that. That's cool. No, most of the powers people choose are for themselves. Yeah, not necessarily people for others. like fly or super strength or invisibility, but to heal, that's nice. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Awesome. Um, so you have survived the rap segment, which means you have survived for all nerds. A nerd show. Give yourself uh, a round of applause. That being said, I know in the. All right. <laughs> I know we. He mentioned before that you have some new works that are coming out. Some of the, a lot of which you can't uh-huh. necessarily speak about, but um, we do know that you're going to be on C, that the Apple, um, the original Apple yeah. show series. Um, and can you just say a little bit about your character on that series? Yeah, I play a character named Lord Unoa. Um, you know, it, the, the show is premise it's a dystopian future where everyone in the world who has survived this apocalyptic virus, this illness, is blind, mm. right? And so humanity has been living for about 600 years without sight. Oh, wow. And, uh, most, and there's only a few million people left, and they're all scattered about in the wilderness living in small tribes. But there's one empire called the Payan Empire, which centered around a hydroelectric dam, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm a lord in that Payan Empire in the in the uh, court of Queen Cain, who is a very despotic uh, mm-hmm. ruler who rules over the the empire with an iron hand, and she has heard rumors that there are two children who have been born with sight, and uh, because humanity has come to think of the idea of sight not only as a as a, almost a myth right. but also as something extremely dangerous mm-hmm. um, she's intent on on finding these children and destroying them and is is uh, devoting enormous amounts of our our empire's re- finding these children and I'm a moderate counselor in her court who is trying to you know, Rain her in. Oh wow, that sounds interesting. That's yeah, actually great. that's actually one of the series I'm looking forward to to seeing. So I know some people have well, already it's started. Out now. It's out now. On, yeah, you know, on Apple TV. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, and, and please also check out Limetown on on Facebook. All ten episodes of season one are uh, available now. You can just watch uh-huh. it right uh-huh. on Facebook. It's entirely free. You don't need to download any apps or anything. You just go on Facebook. Type in Limetown, and uh, you'll be able to watch all ten episodes with uh, Jessica Beale and Stanley Tucci. And uh, yeah, and uh, I had a great time on that show. So I hope people check that out as well. Yeah, yeah Limetown comes actually out of it. it was originally a podcast. Really? I mean, I know he's That's playing. Right. He's, it was. Yeah, yeah. I listened. It was on a podcast. To, yeah, Limetown oh, wow. was a podcast. And so this is like the yeah, second, an award-winning yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And you're playing a, a mysterious telecom billionaire, which is which is very surprising. That's right. Yeah. On. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Limetown was like there was a three hundred people go missing, and uh, and it's the investigation of what what happened to them. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah. All right, fan fam, you heard it here. Thank you, Mr. Hiro Kanagawa. We'll be back with more for all nerd show. 
And what's up, y'all? Welcome back to this episode. And thank you to, I do not want to butcher my man's last name. I know it's Hiro, but you're going to have to do the last name. Hiro Kanagawa. Kanagawa. There we go. Got it. Hiro Kanagawa for joining us on this episode. Thank you, Tatiana and Chico Leo, for holding down that interview. And, you know, thank you to everybody, as always, for listening. Thank you for supporting. We are coming down to the end of the year. So, you know, real quick, we just want to shout out our patrons over at patreon.com slash for all nerds thank you so much like y'all have changed the game over there for real like i mean y'all y'all just don't understand there's gonna be so many more bigger and better things coming in 2020 because of y'all who moving into a new decade on the for all nerds show yeah wild yeah thank you thank you everybody like can't stressing enough how important it is for the people who can support us financially because it's because of you that we can do things like do live shows, that we can go to these uh, conventions, that we can promote for all nerds, that we can pay for video editors, that we can pay for uh, audio editors. Shouts out to our new uh, engineer, audio engineer. I'm going to call you Luna. I know you're listening, but I'm just, you're now Luna for us. So <laughs> Luna sounds like because of, of the patrons, we're able to do this. And I wanted to have a special shout out to our December patrons. Uh, shout outs to Tales from the Cliffs, Winston Q. Hey, Winston, good to see you. Akila V, Charles J, and Goldie Moss. Nice. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who has been. I, I know I shout you out in a few episodes back, but thank you to everyone who's been supporting us for the longest. And again, even if you cannot do it financially, everything else you do is amazing. What what are you reading, Ben? I mean, what do you what are you chewing on? That's your paper in the background. It is my paper, and I was actually about to shout out some uh, comics okay. like Cop, but you know, don't. That's all right. We're going to get to those. Yep. Um, if again, like I said, if you can't support financially, everything else you do is meaningful. Share our podcast. Tag us. Share it in your Instagram stories. Share it on your Facebook page. Share it on your Twitter. Share it everywhere. Share it on your Tumblr's. I don't know if y'all still on Tumblr. <laughs> Share it on Tumblr's. Like, subscribe to us on everything like we're everywhere with soundcloud itunes or apple Podcasts, rather spotify everywhere great comment all that stuff matters it helps to raise our profile it helps get us into the doors that you we know that you guys want us to be in and it helps us create some fire bond tent. so thank you so much for everyone who has supported us word up and also thank you to all of the guests this year it has been a yes like, I say this every year. Like, I'll sit there at the beginning of the year. Like, yo, how are we going to top? You know, what are we going to do? You know, well, oh, my God, we're doomed. There's no way we can get just like we had last year. You know, what do we get through? Oh, my God. And then every year, you know, through the grace and through strength and determination and the work and all that, we managed to pull some amazing guests and have some amazing interviews. And this year, I can't even lie, I, I think this has been my favorite year, like as far as some of the interviews we've done, especially personally for me, it's been such a trying year personally, been going through so much. And some of these guests, like me personally, I just want to shout out Kieran Gillen. I want to shout out Damon Lindelof because those two interviews really helped me personally get through this year. Like, you know, some of the things were said on there, I'll carry with them for the rest of my life. So I just want to thank them. My brother, Young Guru, I mean, you know, like we've said enough and- it's just one of those classes because that's somebody I've known for more than half my life now. And mm. when he comes on here, it's so wild because I've known this dude. I talk to him all the time. We talk like that all the time. Like anytime we talk, it's always at least an hour-long conversation. So thank you for coming through. 
Um, I mean, you know, go off because I, I, you know, I could keep going. No, we went off already. So we got to just really quickly do one of your favorite segments. Which one is that? Geekwinly Asked Questions. The guac is extra. is extra. Where we answer any and all <laughs> listener you, questions, that one. Are you are you asking? Are you telling? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just I'm just confirming. You know, I, you know, it is one yes. of my favorite segments. So yes, that's the it. Equally asked questions. I just I love how Guru was crying, laughing at this last week. The guac is extra. <laughs> yes, where we answer any and all questions. You can hit us up contact at forallnerds.com or you can hit us on the twitters at forallnerds or the instagrams at forallnerds. Had a little brain freeze right there. But really quickly, tonight we only have one question, and what is it? This question comes from George Carmona, a friend of the show. What up? What's your favorite Eddie Murphy skit on SNL? Mm. Mine was Weekend Update. You can tell he was showing out, and they had to go along with it. Yes. Um, Eddie was on SNL this weekend. Eddie Murphy, for those who don't know, he hosted the last SNL of the decade. I thought it was pretty good. Wow. I've been watching. Yeah, I know it's weird when you say it like that. I've been, you know, I've been watching this whole season. I've watched pretty much every episode this season, and it's been hit or miss all season. And I thought this was a pretty good show. Okay, yep. and I don't know if George's question was about Eddie Murphy's skit in general or this 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 show that just ended. That was well before my time, so I don't know anything about his skits on SNL. But if you're talking about the one of this past weekend, my favorite skit was actually. The one where it was like the family at like Thanksgiving oh or God, something yeah. or maybe Christmas dinner <laughs> and like how and it's so true like how like people say nice things to each other or say oh we're so happy that you're here you've been able to made it but like behind the scenes and like maybe an hour ago they were just arguing Damn. like there was a like there was a point where like the daughter brought home like a white her white boyfriend <laughs> and she was just like you don't want him here because he's white and Eddie Murphy's like yes but then at the dinner table Eddie Murphy's like oh I'm so happy this white boy can make it here like it was and then when he called him good. daddy when the dad I mean the white boy called him daddy at the end and Eddie, oh my god yeah I like that might have been one of my favorites because Eddie was really acting in that skit and I love to see Eddie yeah. act because he's a really good actor when he really puts his mind to it um, yeah, he still has it. He still has it. Yeah. So I'm actually, I want to see what the stand-up going to look like. Yeah, I do too. Because I thought his intro was great. I love seeing all those on, comedians on stage together. Oh, the luminary comedians? Yes. Yo, yo, that that's that's pretty epic. It really was. I saw, oh, you know, of course, you're going to see the hate right away as well. I saw people talk about how these dudes are also responsible for some homophobic and transphobic and this and that. And I get that. They, and I fully understand. They, they are. And they are. They There's are. no denying that. I fully understand They that. also have a, a vast history and legendary status at this yeah, point. Yeah. And so you got, you know, take They're both. the good with the bad there. And so. Not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if Keenan has ever said anything, but then again, I don't know his entire body facts. of work. Facts. Yeah. And I have all of them. I mean, Tracy Morgan, he trashed too? I wouldn't. Listen. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. All I'm saying that all things are true. (laughs) But yeah, that was... I thought it was a a historical moment. Amazing. And it was fire to me. And also hilarious when that one white dude tried to jump in. I just want to piggyback on that, Chris. Right, Right, like, no, 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 not this (laughs) time. Yeah, that was great. So that might have been my favorite moment. But yeah, great question. I thought it was a good show overall. If you have any questions, we actually have a ton of them this week. Thank you for sending them in. But, you know, we spent so much time talking about Rise of Skywalker. We're going to get back to them in the new year. But if you have any other questions, you can hit us, contact 
at forallnerds.com or hit us on the Twitter or Instagram, any of the social medias at for all nerds, Facebook as well. We still out there as well. So thank you for everyone for sending in those questions this year. That has been amazing. Thank you so much, you know, for the support on every level, man. I just, you know, man, so much love. We're we going to talk about this at the beginning of the year as well. But yeah, thank y'all, man. For real, for real. Anything else before we get out of here tonight? Uh, just stuff that you guys should be looking out for. Um, I didn't discuss it. I saw it weeks ago, but Jumanji, the next level was good. Um, it ends up with a great homage to the original Robin Williams films. Mm-hmm. Um, the Witcher on Netflix is good so far. How far are you into it's it? Little, People say it's mad slow. It's, I'm only the first episode. It's very slow and it feels a little bit long, mm-hmm. but I'm, ch- but I had this conversation. I don't know if it's because... I nowadays I'm used to things being packaged so efficiently, like 30 minutes or less, or is it be, and, and because of that, I've been programmed to want shorter content or if it's because the writing is just low. Yep. But that being said, it's, it still looks great. Uh, uh, what's his face as Gerald is phenomenal. I know I called him what's his face and said that he was phenomenal in the same, <laughs> in <laughs> the same breath, Henry Cavill, because I just lost his name for a yep. second. But yes, Henry is is fire and anyone who 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 was mad about him go suck an egg wow. he's fine as hell him and that that strong ass chin i love it um also wesley snipes is still trolling us that's fine y'all can continue to ask him to be us to get us on to come on our show uh and you have two things i'll be honest i really don't care uh okay. I, 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 you know i'm straight up like in 2020 we might have to start asking people what's their favorite will smith or denzel washington movie you know yo you know look there's a lot of black actors Wesley, out there. Wesley, I hope you're listening. You know, a lot of black actors out there, bro. We're, we're, we're not sticking together like Jana and Finn, okay? Nah, nah. We ain't coming to save you like Lando either, fam. You know, <laughs> keep wilding out. You know, keep disrespecting. No, now you know. Now you know if he turned around tomorrow and said, y'all be in the show, we'd be so hyped. <laughs> Thank you, Wesley. Yeah. Change that to him real quick, boy. 